want to dive into something that um, it's personal, yet it, it affects so many of us. And I'm talking about cancer. I mean, if, if you get cancer and it is caught early enough, then we know it is a very treatable disease. And yet day after day, we hear these stories about people getting diagnosed too late, uh, misdiagnoses, and then stories about those who are diagnosed in time and then can't get access to the treatment. And in this latest chapter, it reveals just, I think, how broken our healthcare system is. We learned from Brain Cancer Canada, which is a volunteer charity that helps raise money to develop treatments or technologies. They did some research which shows, I think, some troubling findings that when it comes to access to brain cancer medication or treatment, it is not fair, especially if you live in Ontario, where a brain cancer diagnosis is no guarantee that your chemo treatments will even be covered or that you will get access to a timely treatment. And even if you have private insurance, there's no guarantees. So that means for a lot of brain cancer patients, you either have to fork out tens of thousands of dollars in costs or you have to wait in complete uncertainty for months whether or not that treatment will be covered or not. So this is personal, certainly to my next guest. Her name is Jessica Soares. She lost her 39-year-old husband, Paul, to brain cancer, but she's also joined with me on the phone with Mark Peters, who is the Board of Directors of Brain Cancer Canada. I thank you both very much uh, for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Let me start with you, Jessica, because your husband, 39, I mean, that is that is a very young man uh, in today's world, you know, gets diagnosed with brain cancer, which has to be absolutely devastating. And then Explain to me that journey of, I think, you know, the devastation of getting a diagnosis like this. And then, of course, you adapt to it and then realize, okay, we're going to fight this and beat this. And then it's almost like every barrier was put up in front of you. It was a very challenging time. Um, My husband, Paulo, was 37 at time of diagnosis. Um, We had no warning signs prior. Um, We were home one day. He started to not feel well. I looked at him. He was unable to verbally communicate with me. He started to drop to one side. I scooped him up, obviously got him onto the couch as quickly as I could. Um, We had to do an emergency run to Royal Victoria Hospital in Barrie. And within hours, we got news that we were not expecting, Mm -hmm. was that they found a nine-centimeter mass on his front left lobe. And within hours, he was in emergency surgery. Wow. And so I, I guess at that point, you know, not only are you just trying to, to um, get your head around the fact that this is a new reality, but then you have to kind of get into fighter mode where you're like, okay, we're going to beat this. We're going to get this. And, and, and I think most people, Jessica, think that the treatment's going to be there if you need it. And yet it wasn't. I was one of those people. Um, to find out, you know, that your 37-year-old relatively healthy husband has now um, been diagnosed with a stage three brain tumor that was found to be malignant through a pathology report. And then you have to start this whole process of planning and then you get your prescription and then you find out that the first 30 days, you know, because temozolomide is prescribed based off of body weight, mm-hmm. um, was going to be $20,000 for him. And it was going to come at a time where obviously the focus was going to be him recovering from the surgery And me being self-employed, not having benefits at that time was just, it was a second blow. And I didn't know how we were going to do it. And I had to, you know, put a brave face on and 
reassure my husband, you know, you focus on your health, I'll handle everything else, inside going, how am I going to do this? And ultimately, it, it was uh, sadly for your husband and for you and your family. I mean, uh, you know, you should be worried about his health and getting him back on his feet, and then you're, you're dealing with all of this, and ultimately he lost, lost his battle. I mean, Mark, when you hear stories like this, I mean, most people assume, I think wrongfully, I mean, you know, that, that the treatments will be there. And so when they're not, and when you have to dig into pocket because all of a sudden our healthcare system uh, doesn't have that service, I mean, I think most people go into this thinking that they'll be covered. Yeah, you're right, Alex. It's, it's, I think we live in a little bit of a, a bubble in that sense that we do think that our health is not associated with our financial outcomes, um, and it can be, and vice versa, where not having enough resources to pay for treatment can affect your health. We're talking about a situation here with, with brain cancers and, and the most aggressive forms where patients have an outlook of, of perhaps 15 to 18 months mm-hmm. if they get mm-hmm. the right treatment. And, and they're so dependent on, on getting access to it and as quick as possible. And, and having that difficulty, that new reality that they need to face with, compounded with the issue of the financial problem attached to it, is putting families through difficulties that they shouldn't be facing at that time. They should be focusing on their quality of life, trying to make the most out of the time that they have together. And this is something that can leave scars for with families for, for years and, and financial implications that will last for years. And that, that's what's so difficult about this. Yeah, I mean, I've heard sadly enough of these stories by now that I always tell people, you know, you have to be able to advocate for yourself because if you assume that the healthcare system that we have in this country will be there for you, um, then you're making the wrong assumption. But, you know, Mark, what is it about Ontario, um, which you're pushing to, to have it change its approach uh, to funding, but what is it about uh, Ontario that makes it such an outlier here? So in Ontario, there's very limited access to oral uh, temozolomide, which is the standard uh, chemotherapy for uh, uh, patients who, who have brain cancer. And that drug is only covered in exceptional cases, meaning that you need to fall under one of the very specific uh, benefits, either OHIP Plus or the Ontario Drug Benefit Program, which we know for a large uh, segment of the population is not the case. So at that point, you have to rely on other resources. You might have private insurance. That private insurance might cover you. It might not. Um, There might be some gratuity programs that uh, pharmaceutical companies have that you need to apply for. It is all very difficult. It's a long process. You have no time. Uh, you want to start chemotherapy as soon as you get radiation therapy. That's that's the best. That's the gold standard for treating this. And it adds so, such administrative and financial complexities um, that that's what makes Ontario quite different from some other provinces where the provincial healthcare system just takes care of it and you're guaranteed to have access at the moment that you need it without incurring these incredible costs. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, let's change the messaging on this. The reality is uh, there should be no, there can't be a guarantee in our healthcare system. And I think people have to understand that uh, given today's current situation. But this is very personal, obviously, to you, Jessica, which is why, you know, in part, you're speaking out uh, about this. You're, you're doing this, obviously, for Paul uh, in his memory. And, and certainly, I think, um, you know, for yourself, is it a feeling of anger, of frustration? I mean, why did you really want this uh, to be to be elevated? Because I didn't want any other family to have to go through what we went through. Um, the diagnosis is hard enough. And then having to, to struggle and fight to have, you know, 
life-saving, life-prolonging treatment was just too much to bear at that time. And it was really taking away the focus from Paul. So if we can raise some awareness and, you know, make this easier for another family, then I'm going to do what I can, you know, alongside Brain Cancer Canada to make that a possibility. And what is your message to others, given what you have gone through yourself, you know, on diagnosis? No one goes to the doctor thinking that they're going to get that kind of diagnosis. But what would you tell others who may very well get that diagnosis today? To fight, to advocate, to speak up, and to do everything that you can to to get things covered as quickly as you can, while making the priority focused on your loved one. And Mark, what is it that people uh, need to know about this? I mean, obviously, Brain Cancer Canada will continue to advocate. People like Jessica will continue to speak out. But I think until you're really affected or impacted by this, and I have to think it's not probably just brain cancer um, that falls into the category, but what would your message then be um, to others of what they need to know? No, it, it's not something that uh, you can prepare for. Um, it, it just it just comes at you at that moment. You need to focus on what matters most. What we can do today, as as Ontarians and and Canadians, is to reach out, uh, get in touch. Uh, people who have experienced this can reach out to us uh, via our our email address share at braincancercanada.ca. Let us know what happened. We will take those messages and we will fight for you. We will advocate with politicians to make a change because really that is where the change needs to be. And for that to happen, people need to be aware of this. Uh, they need to know that this is happening in our system and uh, politicians need to need to understand that this is bothering people and, and that this is not a system that we find equitable or, or acceptable so that we can get change at the systems level uh, where it needs to happen. I thank you both uh, very much uh, for joining us. I know, Jessica, it's uh, very painful for you, but I so much uh, appreciate you uh, lending your voice to this and, and, and raising it to our attention. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That is Jessica Soares, and that is Mark Peters with Brain Cancer Canada, if you're um, interested in learning more about that. Again, no one goes in looking for a cancer diagnosis. And to my point, I don't think that this is just happening with brain cancer. You've got to advocate for yourself. And certainly, we need better messaging from the government because our universal health care system is not universal. We do pick winners and losers.